Charlie Albone, and welcome to episode two of season two of That's How We Grow, in partnership with Still Garden Power Tools. Thank you for listening. Today, we're going to dig deep into lawns. Now, I am a big fan of a beautiful lawn. It can have so many uses, such as a relaxing place to enjoy your garden from, hanging out with your family, or entertaining on. Is there anything really better than being barefoot on a lush lawn? For me, it is hard to top. From a design point of view, a lawn can really help to break a garden up. It's also perfect to send the kids outside to play on, and I'm sure all parents can relate to that. Looking after a beautiful lawn involves a few steps to deliver a soft, lush lawn. For some people, they want a golf course putting green finish. Others just want a soft playground. Best we speak to one of Australia's grass experts to achieve this. Graham Collis will join me in just a moment to discuss all things lawn. Now, Graham is the managing director of Evergreen Turf, which is one of Australia's leading turf growers. They've supplied turf to venues including the Sydney Cricket Ground, Townsville Racecourse and the Carrera Sports Precinct on the Gold Coast. I'm looking forward to chatting with Graham about how to have a beautiful lawn at home and be the envy of everybody in your street. Let's get into it. Graham Collis, welcome to That's How We Grow. Thank you very much, Charlie. Good to be here. So tell me a bit about Evergreen Turf. Charlie, yeah, well, um, we started back way back in 1982. I think it's about 40 years ago, roughly. Yeah, we started doing it as two or three of us. And now we employ about 120 people in Sydney and Melbourne. Yep. We specialise in major stadiums, rebuilds, uh, racetracks, golf courses, home lawns. We do renovation work, verde raining, top dressing, anything to do with grass we do. So you do Virtually. you do love your, your green stuff then, obviously? We do, we do, mate, yeah. yeah. Where did the love of turf come from? You tell the truth, I sort of fell into it. Um, I was originally from the bush. Yeah, a little place called Cumby Chance. I come down here when I was seventeen and met my wife, who her father and brother had a veggie farm. Mm-hmm. No veggie farmers we were veggie farming for a little while, and then we decided to go into turf. And yeah, it's all happened since then. You've been in the industry for forty years. How has it changed from when you when you started? Well, we used to all run around bare feet, blue singlets, <laughs> the OH and S, all that sort of stuff, all the new technology. Like, I think I've got about 12 certified greenkeepers with me. Chemical use, yeah, it's just it's changed immensely. And, you know, when we started, we are all on the, the old Ryan hand cutters. Yeah. And there was two or three of us, and we used to cut 4,000 a day, and, like, we were fit. Yeah. But, mate, if you said to me, cut 400 now, like, I'd sort of turn my nose up. Like, the harvesters we've got now, they'll cut 1,500 metres an hour each. That's hard work cutting, hand cutting it out, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. You must love grass to stay in the industry for 40 years if you started by hand-cutting it. Oh, yeah, mate. And, like, there's there's other people around here, sort of a few of my mentors, a bloke called Terry Allen, who used to own Windsor Turf. They used to cut it by spade. Oh. Um, that, that was doing it hard. Yeah, that's a yeah, horrible but, job. But, I mean, it's, like I say, the technology today has, yeah, just changed everything. Grass has become mechanised. The machines, they cut it, roll it, stack it. And and drop the pallet and made that even, that the, the machine doesn't even stop and they got forklifts picking it up straight on the truck. Back in the old days, she wasn't really handsome doing it by hand. I'll tell you, everyone talks about the good old days, but there's some there was some good old days. But I'll tell you what, in, in our industry, I'm glad we've got these days now. I'll tell you, <laughs> yeah, good hard old days. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, how do you get into doing big stadiums and things like that? Do you you fall into that? Were you doing someone's lawn and they said, oh, could you do something a bit bigger for us? Or No, mate, to do the major stadiums, it's um, 
been a long, hard slog to get in there because there's so much high expectation on you. Um, everything's got to be perfect. Like we grow 80,000 metres of instant play, which is for the stadiums, and it's got to be ready to go at any one time. Yep. Um, and it's got to match what's in, in at each different stadium, like with, with their ryegrass, their cooch of choice. And it's taken us a long time to get there. We've been probably doing them for 20 years now. And I'm probably a little bit biased, but my boys would be the best in the world at what we do, doing stadiums. We actually got invited over to the States in 2019 and we did two stadiums up in Arkansas. Yes. With, with our instant play product. They were actually blown away. And on that, the stadiums over there, a lot of them um, synthetic grass. Yes. But they're, um, it's going to happen here too and they're all starting to go back to natural grass because if you've got 150 to 200 metre square lawn, that makes enough oxygen for 20 people per day. Absolutely. People don't understand uh, the amazing things that a lawn can do. You know, it's a massive collector for dust. It produces a lot of oxygen. So before anybody lays any turf in their home or sporting field, what's the considerations they need to give to picking the right varieties? Mate, it's like anything. It's like building a house. Mm -hmm. If you don't get the foundation right, you're not going to win. If you've got a clay, mate, you need to put a bit of gypsum, a bit of lime in, a good 80-20 mix. Not 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 cheap recycle stuff. Yeah. Like I say, if you want if you want a, a real nice home lawn, yeah, you, you've got to spend a bit of bit of a quid. Like a, nothing's cheap these days. And yep. if you want it to look flash, mate, you, you've got to spend a quid to make it look flash, you know? I went to a, a lawn solutions conference uh, and listened to uh, a, a soil scientist talking about what's the best soil to put your to establish a lawn, and was yeah. saying that eighty twenty didn't have enough nutrient in it and it dried out too quickly. And they were suggesting perhaps a sandy loam with maybe twenty to thirty percent screeded compost in there, so a, a fine compost. Is that something you'd agree with, or or do you prefer yeah, a different mix? Yeah, no, mate. It, it is. It's just different folks, different strokes. Like yeah. That, that'll work too, but my preference is 80-20 mix, okay. you know, and good starter fertiliser and then your, your choice of grass. And everyone's got their own ideas, but like I say, don't be too cheap when you're doing stuff, you know. There's a lot of mm. recycled products around that you can put in, but, mate, not necessarily all of them work, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and getting the soil right, not just in a in a lawn, but in, in all your plants is, is one of the most beneficial investments you can make in your garden. 100%, mate. Yeah, what's your what's your favourite uh, lawn variety? Tahoma Thirty One. Tahoma Thirty One. Why is that? Um, it's a new one as we brought out of um, the states um, in two thousand and nineteen. It's very very fine grass, very pretty grass, very nice in colour. Yep. And we brought it out predominantly because it'll take a rye over so, and we're going to put it on um, a couple of what we call a couple of our pads for our instant play now. We've got it all around the country just about now. Tiff Tuff's pretty good grass as well. Yep. There's another that's out of the states. There's another one coming called Iron Cutter, mm-hmm. um, out of the states, and they, and they they spend a lot of money over there breeding grasses that are drought tolerant. Yeah, I think like, it's University of Oklahoma, isn't it, that does all the research over there? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. Like I say, all right, we've had a lot of rain in the last couple of years, but I mean, it will go back to being droughty. Yeah, and we need to get these varieties here. Santa Ana is another real good one. Yeah, um, we just finished laying the. Allianz Stadium, the new Allianz Stadium. It's Santa Ana on our instant play product with a right. Roy Overso, very hard wearing. We did Brookvale at Christmas last year mm-hmm. and it's held up remarkably well this year. So Santa Ana's good, but they're all different and they all take different maintenance of practice. 
Mm-hmm. Time Authority one's my favourite at the moment. And, and you say your instant play product. What What is that and how is it different from, say, a normal roller turf? Well, mate, it's, it's got a polypropylene nylon back and underneath it mm-hmm. at 20 mil, and then you fill it to 50 mil of sand and stolenize the top of it, which is like um, planting it, mm-hmm. and grow it on black plastic. It goes down through the black plastic, the root system, yeah. locks all the nylon into the um, sand, and then that gives you instant play. And how, how big is a piece of instant play? 10 square metres. It's yeah. uh, 1.2 wide by 8.4 long, and it goes 1.6 tonne. Whoa. So how do you move that into a into a state? There must be some serious machinery. Yes, yes. There's um, a lot of machinery work go into it. It's, you can't move it. It's all hydraulically pushed over with these little things called WMIs. Um, they lift two and a half tonne. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're track machine, they, they leave no imprint on the ground yep. because the surfaces are all being laser levelled. And, um, yeah, when we, one, one, one rolls it out and the other one comes behind and pushes it over. It's all boarded up so we don't leave any imprint whatsoever. So you, you kind of stitch the two rolls together along the seam? So. N- not really. It's just okay. pushed over mechanically. Yep. And, um, yeah, it's very hard to see the joins. Yeah, and, and there's no, I guess, being so big and so heavy, there'd be no movement when people are playing sport on it. It's no, mate, no. It's yeah. you can you can put it down today and play it on tonight, and it won't wow. move. Yeah, that's impressive. So, how often do stadiums kind of change their turf? There's been times where we replaced Allianz, the old Allianz, two and three times a year. Just just wow. depends on their workload. And the SCG, I think it was 2018 or something, or 2017. Collingwood were coming to town, and mm-hmm. not that I not that I know much about the AFL, but the Northern End there, because they built the new stand. You know, we put seven thousand meters in three days before Collingwood played there. Wow! And no one even knew we did it. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, and um, like I say, mate, it's it's exciting, and if you don't get excited about what you're doing, do something um, else. <laughs> do something else, but grass <laughs> excites me. Like we've we've turfed the Harbour Bridge twice. Um, for breakfast on the bridge. Everyone yep. said it couldn't be done. Like we had 110 people working on that project. Um, we laid a full football field in an hour and a half. Wow. And then we had to wrap it up and get it off there in two and a half hours. Goodness. And do you, do you get to do you rejuvenate that turf that comes off or is it is it gone? No, no, we, um, it was um, rejuvenated and um, went to another site. I've got a, a property on the New South Wales Central Coast and we've got a pretty big lawn there. And I've actually got one of the IMO robotic mowers set up there. Because I'm not there all the time, I can't mow it every day. Have you had much experience with the robots? No, I haven't. But um, funny you asked that. Good mate of mine, Yui Bowman, the jockey. Yes. I, did a lawn, I did a lawn for Yui. Right. Um, and um, I said to him, mate, because he's, he's sort of not there all the time either. And um, I said to him, probably have a look at one of these um, the robotic mowers. And even my lawn out the front, yeah, it's only probably 140 square metres. After Christmas, I'm going to have a look at the same thing myself. Yeah. They're pretty convenient in that sense. I noticed uh, when you when you use a cylinder mower and you kind of stripe up a lawn, yep. do, you, do you have to change direction? Is it a good idea to change direction every time you mow or is it do you need to do it in the same direction? Uh, yeah, it just depends on your stripes and what you want. Um, you should you should sort of change up um, the way you mow, like you're saying, because mm. if you keep burning the stripes in one way, all of a sudden the, the, sudden the, the grass starts to lay over that way, mm. and you'll st- you you will start to build thatch. So right. just take take the thatch out, you swap your swap your mowing around. 
Yeah. Okay. What what kind direction. of pa- what kind of patterns do you like? Because I've I've watched a lot of people mow. It's funny. I I have a robotic lawnmower at home. Yet I watch people mow grass on Instagram. Uh, so to watch them put different patterns in their grass it's it's an odd thing uh, yeah. do you have any favorites or you just like the traditional stripes no i, I have checkerboards in mine mine's checkerplated yeah, yeah um right. yeah and i like the checker, checkerboard stripes in mine you see them in um hobart they put those curly ones in for the cricket like they, they look yeah. good it's just something different you know there's a lot of tradition the scg the 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 trust wouldn't let them do that down there because they're just they're traditional, you know, and yes. that, and that's fair enough too, mate, you know. Yeah, yeah, I understand. And, and even you look at Royal Randwick, um, we do a lot of their turf work down there, mm-hmm. and uh, Mick Wood, the curator, mate, he he's uh, he come off a sports field um, in his previous life, but mate, he has that joint joint singing because the stripes he puts in it. Yeah, it, it, they don't they don't mow them in. They just roll them in. They'll put right. the roller one way and then turn around and come the other way. Yeah, and that's how they put the stripes in. Is it obviously on a a race course you have to keep the grass a bit longer? Yeah. Um, how does that change the maintenance of of lawns? What what issues do you get with a longer grass? Is there any, or is it most race courses? You know, grass has got to be about 120 mil, like anywhere from 80 to 120 mil. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but those boys. On every racetrack in Australia, they do an amazing job for the horses going across those um, tracks and the way they repair them. Mate, there's heaps of different things they do. Mm. Um, but, mate, they're worth every cent, them racecourse managers. Yeah, absolutely. It can't be easy having hundreds of horses trampling over <laughs> what you're supposed to keep pristine. 100%, mate, 100%. Yeah. How is it different doing a stadium to a home lawn? Not much, uh, really. Uh, apart from yeah. the machinery, obviously. A- apart from the machinery, it's, it's not much. Like... You can put your um, you get your topsoil down, mm-hmm. you know, screed it out so it's level, and yep. virtually lay your turf, roll it in, water it, and away you go. It's, it's not it's not rocket science. It's just a little bit of difference in practices. But mm-hmm. if you want it to, if you want it, like I said, if you want it to flash, you yep. take your time, do it right, yeah, and you win. So when you're setting up a home lawn. Uh, is doing the edging as important as kind of getting it flat? How do you how do you treat the edges of a lawn, mate? One hundred percent. What we normally do if we're doing a home lawn, we'll we'll lay the grass out, come to the edge, and then we we either cut it in with a demo saw, um, mm-hmm. so you got that nice crisp crisp edge at the stadium. We we blow back all the sand off the off the surface. Mm-hmm. On a home lawn, you do the same for that. You know, blow back it all off, um, so it's nice and clean. Mm-hmm. You're not washing many fines back into the grass. And then put your put your sprinkler on, and away you go. And away you go. As simple as that. How, when it comes to watering and establishing, mm-hmm. what sort of uh, regime do you do you use on on a new, say, home lawn? The first watering is probably your best watering. Always like to give it a good hour, like for the whole lawn, and then probably hour once you lay it, hour night and morning for a couple of days, and then start this slowly back to water off because that way. You get your root system to go down, chasing the moisture in in the ground. Mm-hmm. If you over, if you give it too much water, and that's another thing we sort of need to talk about here with your grass. Like a lot of people have the opinion, when the turf turns up, the more soil on it, the better it's going to go. Mm-hmm. That's 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 not right. The less right. soil, the better. The less soil on it, the better it'll go. Why is because, that? Because it's like there's nothing there for it to live on. As long as you keep it watered. The roots will go down, chasing the moisture. We do a lot of washed turf. Like we've got a big job coming up at Royal Sydney. All the turf's got to be washed at our facility at Pitt Town here. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So they wash all the dirt off. It's on um, free drain and sand down there in that Royal Sydney. Yeah. That way the roots go straight into it. There's no... Contamination um, from different soils. Contamination and, 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 the, and the water runs straight through rather than sitting on top. If you've got that interface layer there, it, it'll the water won't go through the grass. Right. So it just makes it establish a bit quicker. It does, mate, yeah. And yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll grow in further down into your profile. That's that's counterintuitive, isn't it? But I guess when you explain it, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, a lot of people across Australia have been dealing with excessive amounts of rain at the moment. Um, I sadly had to lay a lawn in the middle of winter in the pour, in the pouring rain <laughs> at my house because it was better than mud. Uh, but, yep. you know, how can people kind of get their lawns back after such a wet period? Mate, all I can say is just aeration. Okay. If, if they've got verted rains or, mm-hmm. uh, like, um, or... Spike rollers, that's the best way. Um, yep. We've just had all our all our farms have been flooded mm-hmm. um, three times or well, four times in the last twenty months, and the best thing we can do is put the verde like air to get the air down because mm-hmm. what happens the worms come to the top looking for looking for air and then you get all your get all your mounds you know your worm castings yep. and that's not I mean it's healthy for the grass but if as long as they stay down below where they should be, not coming to the top. Mm-hmm. And, mate, if, you know, you aerate, all of a sudden all those worm casts and start to go away because you're getting oxygen into the soil. Yeah. Even on a small lawn, you can just do it with a garden fork, can't you? You don't need Correct. a big machine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 100% yeah. mate, yeah. Would you uh, fill those holes with a coarse sand to stop them from collapsing or would you just leave them open? Mate, I'd leave them open for a day or two and then you could fill them with coarse sand for sure, mate. Yeah. And that way if you get any more um, rain... It'll 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 go back down it'll go back down the holes you know rather than yeah. sitting on top. Yeah, right. And what about fertilising? Do you think it's important to to do that when the when the grass is so wet? Mate, not really because like my I've I got my home lawn here. I've got Santa Rana on my home lawn. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's mowed at eight mil, um, striped up, and I haven't fertilised it. I reckon since probably Christmas last year because of the rain, and you don't want to get it away on you because all of a sudden. If it starts to get away, you get up and then you've got to scalp it back down. It doesn't look any good. Mm. And, and, all, and of course, it's wet. I mean, you, you'd know yourself there have been a lot of problems with army grub about. Um, yeah. Of course, it's so moist. So you just got to be careful how much fertiliser you do give it, you know. Because mm. I guess it comes down to how much maintenance you can give it. If you've got a nice cylinder mower and you can get out there every day, then <laughs> go for yeah. it. But, uh, you know, 100%. no one has that time, do they? No, they don't, mate, you know. Yeah. How do you pick the right tools for your for your grass? Is it a cylinder mower? Is it a normal mower? Is it, a say, a robotic mower? What What's the best way to pick the right tools? Mate, it's like anything. I'm, I'm pretty proud of my lawn. Cylinder mower is good for cooch. Like, the last few years, it's been... Everyone used to have the soil or buffalo, but I see people, you go and drive around the estates now, everyone's going to cooch because everyone's trying to outdo each other. Yeah. You know, there's a bloke up from me who didn't like my lawn because I was pretty flash and he's been put, he's he's had a, he's had a Santa Rana lawn and he sort of mowed it right down he's put rye in it now and, yeah. you know, it's, it's a contest to see who's got the best lawn in the street and that's... I start to see they're going away from the buffaloes and the kikuyus yeah. and, go, and going back to cooch lawns, you know? Yeah, that, that fine leaf lawn, uh, it, it does make people jealous, doesn't it? When you've got a really nice, perfectly cut fine leaf lawn, it, it does get your neighbours heckles up. Oh, yeah. I, I got, we get people pulling up the front of the house. Taking and pictures? J- no, no, jumping out and feeling it and walking on it. 
And um, yeah, so it's yeah, it's it's good, mate. And uh, like I say, it's, you can have a biggest flashes house going, but if you haven't got a flash lawn to go with it. You got to put the jewels on. I get it. My word, mate. My word is like putting your earrings on. So, if someone's in a competition with their neighbours and they really want to take their lawn to the next level, what have they got to do, mate? Every spring, renovate it to start with, dethatch it. It doesn't matter if it's Kaikou, Cooch, or Buffalo. Top dress it, fertilise it, and then fertilise it every three months. So, aeration's the key to it, I reckon. How deep do you need to go with aeration, mate? Probably three inches, mate. It's plenty. Okay. Yeah. So aerate, scarify, get all the thatch out of it. Uh, what, what's in the top dress? What do you use for top dress? This depends on your profile. If you're down in the northern beaches, you just use sand because all that, all that country down there is all, all, virtually all sand. Yeah. You know, you, you get a bit further out into the suburbs, you know, 80-20, 70-30. Mm-hmm. You just got to see what, what you've got underneath it, you know. Yeah. And if you don't know, get your soil tested to work it out, I guess. Correct. You don't necessarily need a lot of dirt on your turf. The less okay. dirt, the better. Yeah. And it might take a little bit more water to get it established, but in the, in the long run, you're going to be better off because if you've got stuff with 30 mil of soil on it, it'll tend to live in that profile. If you wet it up, it'll live in that profile. It won't it won't go down yeah. chasing the, the goodness underneath, you know. When's the best time to lay a new lawn? We, we lay all year round. Mm-hmm. Um, in Sydney and Melbourne? Sydney and Melbourne lay yeah. all year round. And, mate, it's just, a, you know, it depends on what you want to do. But, like I say, I, I don't mind winter either because you're using less water. It, yes. doesn't, it doesn't get off, it doesn't grow flat out, but you do use less water. But, mate, optimum time is probably um, September to December. Mm-hmm. But, you know, because January, February in Sydney gets, you know, stinking hot. Yes. Um, but, mate, you can, you can lay it all year round. Don't worry about that. We lay okay. washed turf in the middle of winter and it still takes. When it comes to getting the right tools, what things do you look for? Because obviously you, you need a lot of tools from big machines all the way down to push mowers, I guess. Yeah, we do, mate. We've got, um, I think we've got about 45 or 50 cab tractors alone. We started with New Holland and we've got all New Holland gear, like tractors. Yeah. We've got Verde drains, 10 trucks. They're all Isuzu. Ten tailgaters, they're moffets. All our demo saw, all our hand tools are still, especially in the stadiums, mate. Like we, we got the demo saws, and they're, they're concrete demo saws. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And them still, them stills, mate. They just go flat out all the time. And when we pull that pull cord, I want them to go. If you're laying um, a, a stadium in an hour across the Harbour Bridge, you want <laughs> you don't have much time to waste, do you? So you want Correct, your tools mate. to work. And, and they're re- reliable, mate. And an after-sale service, like so. It's if they treat you right, well, you just keep going back, mate. Yeah, absolutely. I've never heard of a, a demo saw being used to cut edges. I mean, I, I like it, and I'll definitely try it. But what other steel hand tools are you using? Oh, mate, we've got um, edges. We've got um, hedge trimmers because mm-hmm. we do, we do a bit of um, maintenance, or one side of the business does maintenance. Yeah. Um, blowers, backpack blowers. Um, all that sort of stuff, like each tractor, um, mm-hmm. we've got seven mowing tractors here. Each, track's, each tractor's got a steel blower attached to it. So when we go from one paddock to another, every, everything's got to be blown down, um, blown off the mowers so there's no contamination. Yeah, so um, that, is that to stop any um, stolons or anything like that, you know, creeping into another field? Correct, correct. Yeah. So you, if you're going from one variety to the other, 
Um, the mowers have got to be clean, the wheels have got to be blown down on the tractors, and it's imperative they do that because we're with a group um, and we've got a certifi- certification program. Yes. They come out and um, test us three times a year to make sure there's no contamination from one variety to another. Mm-hmm. So it's very important that all those blowers and everything are some attached to the tractors, mate, you know? Yeah, and it's all got to work, right? Because if, if it doesn't work, it's time wasted. With the demo saws, when we're flapping the rolls over from one roll to the other, they, they cut through, you know, nearly 100 mil. Yes. Um, and it's seen. And like I say, like I say, the amount of comments we got the other day when we are laying Allianz, because um, the, the people who built it, John Holland, a lot of their people come down, they go, what the hell are you doing with all these demo saws here? And I yeah. said, you just wait and see what we're doing with them. <laughs> and they, they, were, they were blown away with cutting grass with a demo, with a concrete blade on it too. So you use a concrete blade? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It doesn't yeah. clog up? No, mate, no, not at all. Yeah, right. Not yeah, at all. I'm definitely going to give that one a go. Yeah, mate, and you'll get it nice and crisp. Yeah. Like, and, and that's that's the whole thing, getting a nice crisp edge yep. for the next for the next roll to go into, you know. So you mentioned also you do international work. How does lawns in, say, Thailand, as you mentioned, differ from lawns in Australia and, and in other places around the world? Mate, the stuff we do overseas in Thailand and South Africa we've done, there's a, a product called Stalop, which is mm-hmm. which stabilises the sand, and we've been doing that for a long time now. We're actually the uh, worldwide agents for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was developed 50 years ago by the US Army for when they land the tanks up on um, the beaches. Yeah, they're polypropylene fibres which banjo out when you put them in. You spread them over the over the sand, rotary hoe them in. And the best way to describe it, Charlie, is, you know, when you go to the beach and you first walk onto the sand up the top and yeah. you sink the ankles, yeah. once you put once you put the fibres in, it's like walking down where the water's been coming in. Right. It just f- firms it up. SCG, Allianz, all, all, a lot of them stages have now got the fibres in it because of concerts. We all know sand doesn't compact, but it doesn't mm. let it compact to a degree. We put those in and that's what we, we do overseas. Does it have type. any effect on on root penetration into the sand? No, it doesn't, and that's okay. the root. The roots grow through the, the once they've been in. Mm. The roots grow through the, the banjo stay locks, and it locks it all together, so it gives it the whole surface strength, mate. So, would you be able to say use that under an area that might have a car parked on it occasionally to protect the root root zone? C- correct. Yeah. Correct. There's a uh, big cemetery getting built, and they want to, They don't want to have um, tar anymore. Mm-hmm. for car parks and we're going to do the fibres underneath grass and so be able to park on the grass. I mean, obviously that's going to affect the leaf growth on top with, with cars moving and turning on it, but at least the roots are protected so it can recover quickly. Is that is that the principle? Correct, mate, yes, correct. Yeah, yeah lovely. So where is the best lawn you've ever seen? You know, there's always a spot where you go, oh, that's a that's a good lawn. Is it your own or? No. Oh, mine, <laughs> yeah, mine's up there, but yeah. I went to Brisbane oh, probably a month ago. Uh-huh. And um, a bloke called Will Pearson, he mm-hmm. had a Tahoma 31 lawn and he had it mowed at about 7 mil and, mate, oh. it's, the, it's the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, but How often uh, was he mowing it? Every day. And what's your go-to fertiliser on, on a lawn? Dynamic lifter. Okay. Yeah. Um, mate, Just every, everyone, Yeah, everyone's different. Um, yeah. You can go to ureas, you know, all that sort of, all those sort of fertilisers, but a bit of dominant lifter. Water it in, um, and, and I try and stay away from the synthetics, yep. fertilizers a lot, and mm-hmm. it, mate, yeah, just keep it ticking over. And if if your lawn's healthy, mate, that's all you need. 
And when it comes to scarifying, um, getting the thatch out of a lawn, what's yep. the best way to do that for a home gardener? Is it to go go to say Kennards and rent something, or is Cor- it a stiff rake? Or yeah, yeah. Cor- correct, mate. Yeah. Can you scarify with it, say a, a, a metal rake or something like that, or do you do more damage than good? I reckon you do more damage than good. You're not going to yeah. get the evenness over everything, mate. You know. Yeah. You, you could do it if you you, you want to be keen, though. Yeah, yeah, you'd want to be fit to do it, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, 100%. Well, Graham, it's been amazing talking to you. I've learned so much about grass. I thought I knew a lot about it, but uh, you you are the guru when it comes to the green stuff. So thank you for your time. No, no, thank you very much, Charlie. Thanks for your time, mate. It is now time to move on to our community questions, and I'm slowly getting through that long list that you're sending in, but enjoying answering them for sure. Jody from Perth has emailed me saying, Hi Charlie, I have a nice lawn that is Kaikuyu, but I'm noticing that it's popping up in a couple of places in my garden beds. I thought I had a good border of rocks, but the Kaikuyu is growing through this. What tips do you have to stop this grass from invading in my garden? Well, Kaikuyu is an incredibly fast growing grass, which is excellent, but it does like to invade your garden. And it has stolons which run across the surface and quickly hop into your garden beds. A border of rocks is not going to do it because it's going to have cracks in between and the grass is going to easily get through. So you need to dig down an edge into the soil and have a physical barrier. Now, if you want something quite formal, you could use a brick edge. If you wanted something a bit more sleek, you could just use a metal edge, about 150 mil down, and that's going to stop any grass growing through to your garden beds. Jason from Melbourne has asked, Hi Charlie, our family got a dog last year. Well, so did I. I got one during COVID lockdown one and one during COVID lockdown two. But we're noticing a few patches of the lawn have died off and we think it's from the dog's wee. The dog likes playing outside and we don't want mud in winter. So what do we do? Well, yes, dogs will wee on grass and when it is concentrated, you do get burnt yellow patches. The best way to combat this is when you see the dog wee is just to water it down to try and dilute it. There are things like rocks you can put in the dog's water to try and prevent all of the excess minerals. But to be honest, I think just dilute it if you can. Matt in Sydney has sent in a question saying, Hi Charlie, I've been trying to get my lawn looking thick and lush. Do you use a lawn scarifier and how often should I do this to ensure I'm not overdoing it? Well, a scarifier is excellent for taking thatch out of a lawn, which is, for those that don't know, all the dead leaves, the brown stuff you see in a lawn is called thatch. And it's a good idea to get rid of that because then you prevent any fungal diseases. So yes, you should use a scarifier, but you only really need to do it once a year and spring is the best time to do it. So then your lawn is nice and free and airy to power on through the warmer months. Do you have a gardening question you'd like me to answer? Well, send me an email, charlie at still.com.au. It was really great to speak with Graham Collis today. He's a real expert with over 40 years of experience in the turf game. He said you get what you pay for and do your soil prep properly. It really is the foundation for a good lawn. And every springtime, you need to scarify, aerate and fertilise to get your lawn looking good all through the warmer months. I learned a couple of new things today as well. First, use a demo saw on your edges and less soil actually works out to be more. It will help your turf establish quicker and you'll have that lush green lawn you've been looking for in no time. Thanks for listening to That's How We Grow in partnership with Still Garden Power Tools. On our next episode, the incredible chef Matt Moran will join me to discuss his passion for local produce. Growing your own vegetables is rewarding and great fun. And Matt's going to discuss how he works with his team to have a constant supply of local produce for his award-winning restaurants. This episode will be available in two weeks' time. Don't forget to check out Still's blog with plenty of great gardening advice as well as many of my key seasonal tips and tricks. 
be sure to go to blog.still.com.au. You can also find us on Instagram. You can follow still, still underscore AU, and you can also follow me as well, Charlie underscore Albone. Thanks for listening, and until next time, goodbye.